Let's turn our Bibles tonight to Daniel chapter number 3, if you will. And let's stand together as we look to the Word of God and appreciate the services that the Lord has been giving us concerning the subject of music and appreciate these singers that we're having in. Amen. And appreciate Brother Piercy and his ministry and don't know him formally but have watched his ministry from a distance and appreciate him, know some of his family and appreciate them tonight. But let's look to the Word of God tonight, Daniel chapter number 3 and look with me if you will in verse number 1. Last week we dealt with the purpose of music. And uh, tonight we'll deal with the power of music. Daniel chapter number 3 and verse number 1, if you will. The Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was threescore cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. They stood before the image of uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso, whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute and harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. You can be seated this evening. Thank you for standing with us. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us. Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the privilege, Lord, that we have God, to be in your house. Lord, we thank you, God, for the good songs that we've heard sung tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for the presence of God, Lord, that we felt in our heart. God, we thank you, Lord, so much for what you've done for us. Lord, we certainly do have so much to thank you for. Lord, I thank you, God, tonight, Lord, for what you've done. But, Lord, I also want to thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, I'm glad, thank God, that you said, Lord, that You are the Lord, and beside you there is none else. And Lord, we ask you, dear God, that you would, uh, Lord, have the preeminence in this service tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that we'd see Jesus high and lifted up. And I pray, God, that you would draw us closer to yourself. I pray, dear Lord, for God anointing. Lord, I pray, God, for unction. I pray for power and for liberty. God, to be upon us as we preach tonight. And I pray, dear Lord, that you'd forgive us where we failed you. God, cleanse me of sin, dear Lord, I pray. God, that you'd help us. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us as we stand in this place tonight. Lord, it's a needful place. God, we need you touched tonight. I pray, dear Lord, that God's decisions would be made as a result of what we hear tonight. God, for your honor and your glory. I pray that you'd help us, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Daniel chapter number 3, as we know tonight, is a familiar story, a familiar passage of scripture this is ascribed by many as the story 
of the three Hebrew boys. And, the, and uh, they come to this place. Nebuchadnezzar has uh, brought the whole province of Babylon together. And uh, we know this, that God had given him a dream and given him a vision. And Nebuchadnezzar was troubled about uh, that vision. And he called for the soothsayers. And he called uh, for others to be able to interpret that dream. But they couldn't. And uh, they called Daniel, and Daniel was able to give the interpretation of the dream. And he uh, told what the image meant, and he told Nebuchadnezzar uh, concerning this vision. He said, Thou art this head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar understood that at this time he was the world's superpower, uh, but the God showed him through Daniel's interpretation that there were powers that would be greater than him, and that they would follow and that his kingdom would not last forever and in a lust for position and for power and uh, the desire for his kingdom to be eternal uh, he said alright if I'm the head of gold then I want everything else to be gold I want the entire kingdom and the entire rule to be uh, fashioned after gold and so that is what brought forth and that is what birthed the image that we find in Daniel chapter number 3 now the time has come, this image has been set forth and it's been brought together. Everybody has been summoned into one place uh, to worship this. And by way of introduction, there's just a few things that I want to uncover and look at. The first thing we find is we find the monument, amen, the monument that was to be worshipped. The Bible says in, Nebuch in uh, verse number 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. We say, what was this image? What was the great uh, big idea about this image? Well, I believe this, that Nebuchadnezzar had fashioned a golden image of himself uh, because he wanted to make himself like God. He wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be the world's superpower. He wanted to be supreme. And he wanted men to worship him like they worship the God of heaven. So he fashions this monument, this uh, idol of gold, and he sets it forth. Uh, but we not only see the monument, but then we see uh, the moment to worship. The Bible says this in verse number 5, that at what time ye hear the sound of a cornet, and he listens, lists all uh, these different instruments and all this kind of music, and he declares that at the time that they hear that, uh, then they should fall and that they should worship the image. Amen. We not only see the monument, but then we see the moment, but then we see the music. Amen. The music tells us, uh, uh, gives us the, uh, the idea that all of these different instruments are brought forth and this music is playing at the moment and the time that these individuals are to bow down and to worship. There was all kinds of music uh, that was played. There were all kinds of instruments played. Uh, that, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that at this moment, when they were to bow down and to worship, there was music to be played. You say, why is that tonight? Why wouldn't he just gather everybody together and just have them bow down when somebody gave uh, the signal? Why uh, would not some great command be given uh, for everybody to fall down and worship the image? I'll tell you why I use music. Uh, because
because music has power. Amen. Uh, music has an influence. Uh, uh, music has force behind it and a drive behind it. And that is exactly what we want to preach on tonight is the power of music. The power of music. Uh, no matter what kind of music it is tonight, uh, whatever your desire is, whatever your flavor of music is, whether it's the world's music or whether it's God's music, every note, every verse, every chorus, every chord, every key, every melody has power behind it and it has influence that comes with it. Uh, listen, it's more uh, than just a sound. Uh, it's more than something uh, that you just prefer to hear. It's more than something uh, that just begins, makes the foot uh, to tap and makes you hum a melody. Listen, uh, there is an influence. Uh, uh, there is a purpose. Uh, and there is power uh, behind music tonight. Amen. There's power behind music. And with that power comes great influence. And who is the one that is influenced? It's the one that hears it. It's the one that listens to it. It's the one that puts the CD in their CD player when nobody else is around and they uh, pump that stuff into their ear and pump it into their heart. And whether what, whatever it is, there is an influence behind it. I want to preach tonight on the power of music. The first thing we find when it comes to the power of, the, of music is we see this. We see the authority of this power. The authority of this power. Notice some things in the text with me, if you will. Verse number 1. The Bible said, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Now watch this now. This, is, this plays a role in all of this. He said, the, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits. And the breadth thereof, six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then the Bible tells us this. He brought the image forth and brought all the people together. But then notice what the Bible has to say in verse number 5. And then at what time you hear the sound of a cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer. You'll notice something amazing about this tonight. What we find in verse number 1 is we find that his height was three score cubits. And then we find that uh, the breadth thereof was six cubits. And then when we come to verse number five, how many instruments were listed? Six were listed. Isn't that interesting? Six, six, six. Now who was the image of this authority? We know that the image was Nebuchadnezzar. But it goes far deeper than Nebuchadnezzar tonight. This image was none other than the Antichrist. Nebuchadnezzar himself is a picture and a type of Satan. And with this image, Nebuchadnezzar set it up because he wanted all power and he wanted all authority. And it is no coincidence tonight in the makeup of this image and the instruments brought forth of the number 666 is brought forth. You say, what is that? That is a representation of the authority and the power that is behind the music tonight. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 2. You say, I don't believe that. Well, here's your proof text tonight. Paul said in Ephesians chapter number 2, 
He said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now how did radio first begin to travel? It traveled by air. How did television first begin to travel? It traveled by air, through the airwaves. And it is no coincidence tonight that the devil himself is called by God and called by God's apostle. He is called the prince of the power of the air. You say, what is it that the devil is using to influence our Christian families? What is it that the devil is using to influence this world for his schemes and his plans? A friend of mine, he's using the media and he's using radio and he's using television and he's using the internet and it's piped right into your home and it's piped right into this world and he has authority and he has power and he has influence today it's the authority of this power I can handle it you know it don't really matter what kind of music you listen to preacher I can handle it we talked about it last week We're on the power now, but we talked about the purpose of music. And in that purpose, we found consecration. He talked about those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And he said, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Why did he mention the heart? Out of everything else, when he was talking about music, why did he mention the heart? Because the heart is what's influenced by that music. And there is an authority behind that music. Just as there is an authority behind the music of the world, thank God tonight, there is an authority behind God's music. Amen. There is an authority behind good godly music tonight. Amen. And thank God tonight as the preacher sang and as the choir sang, there was something that swelled up in my heart. And you say, why is that? Because there's power and there's influence because of the authority tonight. Amen. The authority is not the one singing it. Brother Piercy, you would agree with this. The authority behind I'm not going to hell is not Brother Stacy Piercy. He wrote the song and it's been a blessing to many. But he's not the authority behind the song. Thank God Jesus Christ is the authority behind that song. And there is authority that is influencing you no matter what you're listening to tonight. You are influenced. Uh, You know, as Americans, we want to be the master of our own universe. Red-blooded Americans, it's just, you know, the American dream. We're living it and nobody's going to tell us what to do. We're going to listen to what we want to listen to. We're going to watch what we want to watch. Bless God, we're going to wear what we want to wear. Nobody's going to tell us what to do. But the fact of the matter is, is you are being influenced by some kind of authority. We see the authority of this power. But then we see the attitude of this power. The Bible says that he set it up in verse number 1, in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. You say, what does that have to do with anything? That attitude is influenced by that word Babylon. You think about this tonight. Nebuchadnezzar comes in. He besieges Jerusalem three different times. 
And each time he brings away captives. Brings them back to Babylon. Can't remember exactly what psalm it is, but the psalmist talks about the enemy coming to them and threatening them and mocking them about the songs of Zion and they hung their harps on the willows and they couldn't sing because they had no joy. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land is what they said. Why is that? Because there was an influence of their attitude taking place in Babylon. Can I tell you this tonight? The word Babylon, do you understand what it means tonight? It means confusion. When the music of the world begins to creep into the church, there's only one result. And it's confusion tonight. Amen. It's confusion. And uh, I want to tell you this tonight. You watch any church that begins to pattern themselves after the world. Nobody wakes, nobody's going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know, I'm not going to be King James no more. Uh, nobody's going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know, I, I'm just going to wear that. I've been living as a separated Christian for 30 and 40 years. Hey, I'm just going to start wearing whatever I want to. Nobody does that. But they do it over a space of time. Because something creeps in and it begins to affect the attitude and it begins to direct their heart to other affections and steers their heart away from old time religion, steers their heart away from the Word of God, steers their heart away from good godly convictions and standards, steers their heart away from that preacher that's helped them and helped their family so many times. They begin to second guess and they begin to make fun and they begin to connive. And pretty soon their heart is turned in a completely opposite direction. Why? Because the attitude was the first thing that was influenced. It's not the Bible to go first in the contemporary church. It's the music. We'll bring in some real nice soft purple lights, you know, put it behind the cross. We're just trying to be relevant. No, you're compromising is what you're doing. We'll just bring that soft light in, you know, make everything look like a rock concert. But, you know, we're still old-timey enough that the old crowd's still okay. Pretty much they'll... Uh, pretty soon they'll change the lights. They'll bring in a, a, a fog machine. They'll bring in their dance teams and their praise teams and the choir will be up, moved out and then finally they'll just fess up and they'll uh, change their Bible and pretty much you'll find nothing but confusion. Amen. That's the attitude behind that power. There is confusion. Why? Because music affects the emotion. It affects the emotion tonight. It affects the attitude. It affects the atmosphere. That's right. right here in the middle of what I'm doing, if we just started playing rock music, boy, everybody, they'd tense up, wouldn't they? Because it'd be weird. It'd be out of place. But pretty soon, if you sit under the influence long enough, you'll start, man, I know that song. I remember when I used to listen to that. That's the attitude of the power. And then we see this. We not only see the authority of this power, we see the attitude of this power, but then I know some of you may not like this, but we see the apparel of this power. 
You say, where do you get that? Well, I'm trying to be contextual. So let's look here in verse number 2. And Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces which come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. I don't like to do this, but we're going to make just a small stretch right here. Just for the sake of remaining in the context. These governors and these captains and these judges and these treasurers, they were known by their apparel. They weren't wearing a sign that said, I'm a captain. I'm a judge. No, you could look at the man's apparel and tell what profession he was. If you look at a policeman, he's wearing a badge. He's wearing a utility belt. He's got a 9mm on his side. He's driving a patrol car. He's not a baker. He's a police officer. And you are known by your apparel. The point is this, listen, I'm not trying to get all over everybody, but listen, the point is this. You've got a man with a cowboy hat on and a belt buckle and a flannel shirt and he's got his Wranglers and his Ariats on and he's driving a 4 by 4 pickup truck. Somebody say amen. Listen, he ain't listening to rap music or he better not be. He ain't listening to classical. No, he's listening to country. And that music that he likes, that it has affected his emotion and it has affected the way that he dresses himself throughout the day. He goes to honky-tonks. He don't go to jazz bars. He goes to honky-tonks because that's his crowd. Why? Because it all links back to his music. The guy riding, I don't even know what, how to describe this one. He's, you know, riding down McFarland Avenue. He's got the big old rims. He's got the, the side hat on and the windows are tinted so black you can't see through them. He ain't bumping down through there listening to classical music. He's not playing Hank Williams, but I tell you what he's playing. He's playing rap music. Amen. Why? Because it has influenced him. The way he dresses, the way he carries himself, the way he walks like this and he's about to fall over and he walks up to you and says, Hey man, that's the best black man I can do. Why does he do that? Because his attitude and his character and his heart and his apparel has been influenced by what he's listening to. The authority, the attitude, the apparel. We may get done early tonight. We see the appeal of this power. Notice what the Bible has to say. Verse number 5 again. That at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, but the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. He said, you fall down and worship, or you're going to be cast into that furnace. Fall down and worship and submit to my authority or else here's the appeal of this power this, the appeal of the power of music is to worship 
And whether you realize it or not, if you listen to worldly music, you are aiding in the worship of the devil. You say, now you've just gone too far now. You, you know, you, you, you just, that's crazy. Do you think for a moment that these people fully understood what they were worshiping? They didn't have all the information. They weren't able to be brought down there into the plain of Dura and look around and do all the arithmetic and put everything together and you saw, yeah, this looks like devil worship. No. They went with the crowd. Everybody else was doing it. Daniel wasn't there. Or he would have stood up and said, Hey, I've already seen the end result of this. And them three Hebrew boys, they decided with all of their heart that they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they wouldn't burn. But to the rest of that crowd, they all fell down. They fell prostrate and they worshipped that image. They worshipped. Whether you understand it or not, music affects your worship. The more you subject yourself to carnality, the more you subject yourself to the worldly music, the more you subject yourself to the attitudes of this world, the philosophy of this world, and the ideas of this world, the less likely you are to give all of your heart to God. That's the appeal of this power. It is to worship. Now, the people in the text had a choice. But you know what the sad thing is? Is there are people in this world who are being influenced by music. They're having a good time. And it's not worship me or else. What the devil will do is he'll give them their good time now. He'll give them their fun now. And he's not going to twist their arm. He's not going to say bow down and worship me or you're going to be cast into the fire. But the sad thing is, is they're going to follow headlong and they're going to worship him and they're going to give him the best of their days. They're going to give him every moment of their life here on this earth. And they're going to be living it up. But the sad thing is, is they're going to be thrown in the furnace anyway. The sad thing is, is that what awaits that worldly crowd is a place called hell. They listen to it. They go to the clubs. They go to the bars. They go to the hangouts. Why? Because it is wired in them. It is programmed in them to do that. Lost people are lost and they sin because they're lost. Amen. Man doesn't go to hell because he's a drunkard. Doesn't go to hell because of what he does. He goes to hell because of what he is. And that is a sinner without Jesus Christ. It is hardwired in them to do that. They're longing for something. They have a void. They have an emptiness. They desire something. They fill the void. They fill the pain. They fill the heartache with music. With sin. With fun. With licentious living. They don't have a choice. But if you've been born again, you do have a choice. 
you've been born again, you are accountable for what you subject yourself and your children to. The appeal of the power is to worship. Just as the devil has his music, just as the devil has his plan and his ploy, God has a will. God in His sovereignty, He's given us the ability to choose tonight. Amen. I want to ask you a simple question. You want to be closer to the Lord? Say, preacher, this is crazy. I'm not following you on this. Can I just submit the question and the idea to you tonight that your walk with God may have a great deal with what you are subjecting yourself to? Some of you may want to do the right thing. You may want to make the right choice. But those influences play a vast, vast difference on the choices that you make. Let's stand together tonight all over the Lord's house. You're here tonight and you're struggling with this idea of music. We preached on it last week. I preached on it this week. Brother Gravely will come. He'll deal with another subject concerning music next week. And you're struggling. You're, you're wondering about this. Can I tell you this? Whatever you give up for the honor and glory of God, whatever you're holding on to and you think that you need in your life, whatever you surrender to Him, I promise you this, He'll replace it with His blessing. He'll replace it with joy. He'll replace it with peace. And pretty much, pretty soon you'll get down the road and you'll look around and say, Man, how did I ever submit myself and subject myself to that kind of music? The choice is yours tonight. There is an appeal to worship. There is authority behind whatever it is you're listening to. And just as the world's music has a pull for carnality. Spiritual music tonight has a draw for spirituality. For holy living. For righteousness. You want a closer walk with the Lord tonight? Come do business with the Lord. Do business with God while they sing. You come tonight.